Praise God, and um, we just quickly want to get to the message of the hour. So I would like to request that we bow our heads, close our eyes as we usher in the presence of the Lord to give us his message for the hour. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we don't tire to come before your presence to thank you for all that you've done for us, to continue expecting from you who is able to give us exceedingly and abundantly above that which we can even ask. In this hour, the cry of our hearts is, Lord, speak to us through your word. Make your truth clear. Guide us in every way is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I thank the Lord for uh, blessing us. I also thank the Lord for being with us and seeing us through everything. And it's been a wonderful um, few days that we've interacted. And I'm loving uh, this place. I'm getting used to speaking at around this time. And uh, I must say it's been a blessing. This evening, our message will be titled, The Crowd. The Crowd. Nena Rohoni Yesu Nena kwa upole Sema kwangu kwa pendo Huachwi upweke Fungu wa moyo wangu Nisikie mara Jazaro nasifa Sifa zako buwana Kila siku unene Vile kwa upole Nongoneza kwa pole Apole wapendo Daima utashinda Uruni wako Nisikie maneno Uachwi Nena kwa wana wako Waonye shenjia Wajaze kwa furaha 
fundisha kuomba wajifunze kutoa maisha kamili wahimize ufalme tumonemo kozi the songwriter says nena kwa wanawako waonyeshe njia wajaze kwa furaha fundisha kuomba wajifunze kutoa maisha kamili waimize ufalme tumuone mwokozi nena kama zamani ulipoitoa sheria takatifu niweke pia nipate kutukuza wewe Mungu wangu mapenzi yako tena daima kusifu kila siku unene vile kwa upole noneza kwa pole pole wapendo daima utashinda uhuru ni wako nisikie maneno uachwe upweke you see the songs of this world i reflect on them and the english adaptation says speak to my soul dear jesus speak oft in tenderest mercy whisper in loving kindness thou art not left alone i like especially that part that there are moments in life when you just need to be reminded you are not left alone and and you see the person who needs to remind you you are not left alone must be somebody who has ever felt what it means to be left alone You see there are certain experiences which when you go through you can be able to speak to somebody. Someone who has never failed exams cannot tell you don't worry when you fail exams. That person knows nothing about failing exams. In fact they will ask you how did you fail? As in you have a whole semester and you've been taught how do you fail exams? Now go to those who have ever failed they will tell you Hey, you need God. But for those who don't fail, it's different. There are things we know from experience. The crowd is my message. The Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter 3, reading from verses 1. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour Peter and John go to pray and it's wonderful to go to pray the bible says and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried when they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful Now that's what I call in English incongruence. Vitu avipatani. The gate is called beautiful, but a lame man from birth is brought to be left at the beautiful gate. Let me continue walking with the text. It says to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. In other words, there are some people whose responsibility was to bring this lame man to the temple, beautiful temple gate so that he can just beg for money. 
And there are some of us who are like that. We know how to carry people where they are going to beg for money. In fact, it would have been easy if the church had captured it in this way, that there was a certain lame man who was brought every day into the temple to worship the Lord. And after service, people would give offerings for this lame man to survive. It would have been easy. In fact, that's what we may have expected. But here they bring a lame man, and the purpose of even those who are bringing the lame man is so that he can beg. These are church members helping you to look miserable. The text says, Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked and hung. And so Peter and John coming to get in. And, and you know, the, the, this, this was a strategic beggar. He knew the tactics of begging. But you know, when you look at the way this man was, was talking, the Bible says in Acts chapter 3 verses 4, because I am seeking to go first, I have not even started talking about crowds, so let me go first on this. It says, Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. There is one thing when you are begging, and then you see somebody paying attention on you. It gives you some hope, isn't it? You start feeling like, okay, this guy has paid attention. And then Peter and John not only paid attention, but said, look on us. Now that statement can be picked twofold. One point, look at how serious we are. Second point, look at how tough it is with us as well. Peter and John says, look on us. And this man had to turn and check. Okay, for the first time I have begged somebody for money and the person has told me, just look at me first. In fact, let me put it this way. Suppose you are doing a fundraiser and you know looks may be deceptive. Suppose you are doing a fundraiser and then among the people who have come to do the fundraiser, one person comes and he arrives in a, not even a VX V8. Should have arrived in, in some Lexus, LX570. Serious one. And then after he has arrived, before he contributes money, he says, look at my vehicle. You know, the expectation that comes to your mind when he says, look at my vehicle. In other words, it's almost like you're going to co be convinced that if that is the vehicle, how much is in the pocket? There are vehicles you don't own. Listen, before you ask God for a big vehicle, ask God for money to maintain the vehicle. If, if you realize that God has allowed you to walk, thank God, because you may have a vehicle and you can't drive. There are people who have vehicles and they can't fool them. Here you are, your prayer, when you are asked, God, God asks you, what do you want? I want, I want to have a Mercedes-Benz S-Class, Maybach. He says, okay, okay, you have it. It's given to you and you don't have a job that can fool it. What is that? That is why at times God knows. 
He does not give you a big vehicle without a corresponding job. Or else you're going to be corrupt. He says, look on us. And I think Peter and John, when they just said like that, the beggar just looked and was excited. New money is going to come. It's interesting when somebody says, look on us. The Bible says, he gave heed unto them, expecting to, re expecting to receive something from them. He was now expecting. Because the guy said, look. And the Bible says, then Peter and John, th then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. Surely, you know I am a beggar. You tell me to look on you. Then you are telling me I don't have money. Now, th that is serious. But, you see, it's, it's one thing. If I would have been focusing only on the first part of the sermon, I would have asked, what do you have? Don't say what you don't have. Silver and gold have I none. That's what Peter said. But such as I have, give I unto you. Now listen to this. As we share in today's message. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto you. My question to us as we develop this message, the crowd, is what do you have? You give what you have. If what you have is a short temper, that is what you will give to people. If what you have is love, you are going to give to people love. In fact, if you want to know what you have, check what topics excite you. Let me ask, which topics excite you? The ones that you generally can talk easily about. Which topics do you find easy to talk about? That can tell you what you have. If all that you know is about football, there's nothing else. Other topics you are floating, but football you are serious. Just know that's all you have. There are people, a simple thing, you just ask them, how many disciples did Jesus have? Nothing. There they say, disciples and the Bible have I none, but ask me the footballers. What do you have is a big question. There are some people, all they know is politics. You are not even an MCA. You are not even the personal assistant to an MCA. You are not even an aspiring MCA. Even if there was no election, you would not make anything. Even if all aspirants decided they are not vying, nobody would vote for you. And you are talking a lot of politics. That's all you have. Silver and gold have I none. Just check what characterizes your discussion. What are you passionate about? What do you have is my question. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now listen to that. I should have asked you, whatever you have, how powerful is what you have? 
Because this world has a lot of challenges. People are going through a lot of problems. Whatever you have, can it give hope to somebody who is going through some challenge? Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I unto you. In the name of Jesus, walk. If all you have is the name of Jesus, there is hope for so many people. Peter and John just say, in the name of Jesus, walk. The Bible says, and he took him by his right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Are you powerful? When you spend time with God, you become powerful. Just comes and grabs hold of his hand. And in my sanctified imagination, I see life comes back to the feet of the gentleman. And he jumps. But wait. Now this one you didn't see quickly. How did he know how to jump when he has never walked from birth? Listen, when God, you see, when children are born, they even learn how to walk. But let me tell you, when God heals you, even if you've never walked from birth, God does not heal you so that you start crawling. God healed him and he knew immediately how to jump. As in God does a, God does a complete thing, he does not do partial treatment. He does full treatment to the level of jumping. That is to show you that this is serious. Not that he's fit. And, and I like the Bible for specificity. It doesn't just say he was healed. It says the ankle bones received strength. And he jumped. Ah. You know, when, when, when God does certain things, ah, I, I like this. God had to do it in such a way that it, in itself, it is going to testify to people, you know, when God would have just healed the lame man, and the lame man slithers slowly into the temple, it would not have been serious. Because he was supposed to be a witness. Do you remember what we said about power? He gives power so that you can go witness for him. And the Bible here says that he was leaping, and he, leaping, stood up and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. I like that. That this guy was just healed. What do you do when God heals you? Humility. You think, it, you, 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 you think you are being humble when you keep quiet after God has done a serious thing in your life. Then tomorrow when you are suffering, you want to cry and make it loud. God healed the man and he did not care about what these others were thinking. He was leaping and walking and praising God. And the Bible says that this man, he went forth leaping into the temple. In my sanctified imagination, you know, can you imagine the first time you are walking? First time. This, this man was not walking your normal way. You, you see the way right now people are just walking. You walk normally. This man must have been walking in a way likely to suggest that I am walking. Look, look at ladies. Look at ladies when, when they adjust their height. Look at the way they are walking. They don't just walk. You see, when a lady is on normal level, normal level, 
they, they are down to earth. They are walking normally. But when they are slightly elevated, even a lady who is not a lady of class, as long as the inches have gone slightly above the ground, all of a sudden, they don't just walk anyhow. They are walking carefully. As if walking is an art. Now let me tell you, the man who was healed of God leaves that place and is walking in a manner likely to suggest to people that this one is the walking style of somebody who has been touched by God. And, and, and he goes, the Bible says, leaping and walking and praising God. Now listen to this. And they that knew that it was he which sat for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple, they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Two things. They, under the sermon titled The Crowd, I am now talking of they. There are people who had seen him over there. And these people, in fact, in the crowd, you know the crowd has got so many people. In the crowd, there are people whose ego was massaged every day by giving money to this guy. The guy is now leaping and praising God. Why? Because his problem was not sitting there begging for money. He needed to get off from that place. So this poor watching with wonder and amazement. Now, this is what captured my attention. Why didn't they praise God that the person was killed? They watched with wonder and amazement. In fact, I'm about to ask Brother Maxwell to give me the difference between wonder and amazement. No, he, is, he, is, uh, he, he appreciates English. You need to ask him, not me. For me, I, I, I come here to preach. When you want English, ask Brother Maxwell. To explain the difference between, you know, uh, by the way, the Bible, the Bible, when the Bible uses two terminologies, wonder and amazement together, this thing is serious. You know, there is one where you're like, okay, did I just see my eyes? Then you're like, okay, now that is serious. You take back your specs. As in, <laughs> you, you know, these people who put on specs are interesting. <laughs> but, they see something, then they don't believe their eyes. They remove the specs. They're like, no, this one I can't even trust my specs. Then they're like, no, I didn't see it clearly. Wonder and amazement. And the Bible says, they, this is the crowd, they were full of wonder and amazement. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Everyone is wondering. Now listen to this part of the crowd. And, 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 and nowadays, by the way, be, be careful about the crowd. Listen, Wondering and, amaze, and being amazed is not salvation. That one you must get. And so many people, they wonder and they're amazed. They're like, wow. So you people are seated out there in this cold, just talking about Jesus. Wow. <laughs> wondering and amazed. 
As in, how do young people just sit under a tent on an evening like this? Wonder and amazement, the crowd. Wondering. Wonder and amazement, the crowd sits back and they wonder, wait. As in, how do people just sit down? They're just talking about Jesus in the evening. Don't they have better things to do? The crowd. Wonder and amazement. Fuck, rather than wondering, you should have joined in praising God rather than wonder and amazement. Because this thing of wonder is serious. Can I give you another terminology of wonder? Or another place where wonder is used? Let's go and see. In Revelation chapter 13. When you read in Revelation chapter 13, Reading from verses 8, and it says, no, 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 not Revelation 13, 8. Let me not read 13, 8. Let me read 13, 3. And it says, and I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded unto death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Wondered. They wondered after the beast. And let me tell you, when the whole world is wondering after the beast, what are they preparing for? Let me give you. And be careful when you are wondering and amazed. The whole world wondered after the beast. That is Revelation chapter 13, verses 4. But in Revelation chapter 13, verses 8, it says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. You start by wondering after the beast. In verses 8, you are worshipping the beast. That is why right now, there are human beings called celebrities. People wonder after them, and the next moment, people are worshipping them. People are literally worshipping celebrities. And I always like throwing jibes at footballers. And I say it's interesting when you see a footballer has more followers than even Jesus Christ. Jesus saved you. Cristiano Ronaldo cannot even save Manchester United. They are struggling. They cannot be saved by Cristiano Ronaldo. And Cristiano has followers. Billion of followers. Many. Choose to follow people who can save you. Choose a savior to follow. Here you are busy following Cristiano Ronaldo. You are going to have more problems. In fact, that team is continuing to fail because of these people who are supposed to be following Jesus and they are not. <laughs> that is why every time your team is going to, pray, to, to play, you are busy praying, Oh Lord, just watch over the referee. Instead of praying for your salvation, you are praying for the salvation of a team which is beyond salvation, continuing to fail. Wondered after. And this crowd wondered in amazement. And now, Peter speaks. The Bible says in verse 12 of Acts chapter 3, And when Peter saw it, when Peter saw their wondering, when Peter saw their amazement, beloved, when Peter saw their amazement, Peter had to comment about it. In fact, 
Peter answered and said unto them, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Why do you find this marvelous? Why are you wondering about this? Why are people finding it strange that you are talking about Jesus Christ on an evening like this? Why marvel ye about this? In fact, the things which we are supposed to marvel at, nowadays we don't marvel. When people are busy, and, and, and you see people, political rallies for instance, they are full up to the other side. Those are the things that we should marvel, surely. How can somebody stay in the sun for another person to tell them lies about what they will not do for them? Here are politicians, and you've seen it. Politicians promising you big things. And you are marveling and filling a whole stadium to see politicians lie to you that they will give you money. And then when the time comes, they tell you, no, 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 we meant we will give you money, but, but. That is the part you did not wait. You know when you are celebrating, you did not wait for but. Then now you're saying, oh, this government lied to us. No, 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 no. You should have asked questions before. But marvel and stayed there. Why marvel ye at this? Why are you finding it a marvelous thing when we are talking about Jesus? And when people are lying to you, you don't find it marvelous? Why marvel ye when I am talking to you about Jesus Christ? And yet you are full on the screens with movies of liars. <laughs> I, was, I was teaching you about uh, relationships a few minutes ago. And do you know why relationships have problems? Because instead of learning from God how to love, you are going to learn from soap operas where your friends are learning how to be dumped. So that's why your relationships can't hold. Because you are here... You are even doubting your boyfriend because you watched in a, in a soap opera somewhere, you watched that uh, when men are not here, you saw the guy, the way he went the other side and was talking to somebody else. So your, girl, your boyfriend is not here, you think they're talking to people. Where did you learn those things? Soap operas and movies. Now you are asking why your relationships are not holding. It's the things you are watching. By beholding, we become changed. Even those who don't know how to lie are learning how to lie from the silver screen, from the TV. Learning. Why marvel ye at that statement? Why are you finding it marvelous that I have said the truth? Okay, let me go back. Acts chapter 3 verses 12 says, Why marvel ye on this? Or why look ye earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we have made this man to walk? Why are you looking on us as though by our own power and holiness we have made this man to walk? In other words, he's saying, listen, listen. Why are you marveling on us? Why are you looking at the preacher as though this preacher, by his own power, is able to speak of God's words? These are not the power of the preacher. Remember, we said, God said, you shall receive the power. Why marvel ye when I was telling you during the lesson on relationship that people can be virgins? Why are you marveling? 
Why do you marvel when you are being told simple things like you can trust in God and God can deliver? Why do you marvel as though you can do these things by your own self? No, 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 no. We didn't make this man work. I like that. Peter says, I did not make this man walk. It's not by our power that we made this man walk. So we are going to direct you to the source of the real power. What you saw over here is evidence that power from somewhere can run through human instrumentalities. In other words, what God is saying, I want to show you. The crowd is marveling. The crowd. But he's saying, I want to show you one thing. If a man is connected with the source of real power, he can do marvelous things through Jesus. And so he says, why do you marvel? As though we did it by our own power. Then he goes to say, now let me tell you where this came from. Let me tell you where the source of the marvelous and wondrous things you have seen have come from. Let me show you the source. He says in verses 13 of Acts chapter 3. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son, Jesus. Says God has glorified him. God has magnified him. God has lifted him up. In other words, the things you see us doing, it is not about us. It's about the son whom the father has magnified. Amen. Let me tell you, those who are listening to me and are going to sit for exams, please perform well in your exams. So that when you pass exams, you say, hey, why marvel ye that I have a first class? Why do you find it a strange thing that I have a first class? The God of Abraham has magnified himself in my results. Amen. Some of us produce results that even diminish the power of God. God have mercy. Here you are, a child of God, singing praise the Lord, praise the Lord, and you're suffering with ease. Who is this God of ease? If, if, if you are struggling with ease, by the way, just ask God, God, I want this, my results to be evangelistic. Some people will not come to church because they are afraid of failing. Why? Because some of us who go to church are not performing well. That's why I was telling you, get into relationships so that people can know how to behave in relationships. Don't be too holy. You can't even say hi to a lady. Don't. <laughs> Let people know that you can say hi to a lady without lying with them. Let people know that. As in represent God. That is what I am saying. Marvel not that I am telling you these things. The God. Listen. When somebody asks you, how are you a virgin at 25 or 23? You tell them, the God of Abraham. Amen. has been glorified through his son in that he has helped me to keep pure until this time. Amen. Marvel not. Don't marvel. Why are you scared about these things? Somebody asks you, are you a Christian? You are stammering. Why? Tell them yes and God is in charge of my life. Even before I talk to you, I need to consult with God. What do I tell you? 
almost making me think that this is the relationship topic, but it is not. But anyway, let the information just come in. When somebody wants to ask you to be their friend, tell them, I am going to consult with the God of Abraham and I'll give you an answer tomorrow. <laughs> let them know I consult with the God of Abraham and marvel not that I consult with the God of Abraham because he can give me a dream in the night that you're a night runner. He can he can tell me that in your genealogy to the third and fourth generation, there's a lot of lies. So even you, you are pretending. Marvel not at these things. And the Bible says, The God of Abraham hath glorified his son Jesus, whom he delivered. Now listen to that. The crowd. He says, has glorified his son whom he delivered. You who are looking at me, you delivered Jesus Christ. Ah, no, 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 let's finish the text, then I explain it. Whom you delivered and denied in the presence of Pilate. You not only delivered Jesus, you also denied Jesus in the presence of Pilate. Pilate is another sermon I am going to preach if I have time. But let me finish the text. Whom he denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. Oh, wait. Wait. Listen to this. That you people are the ones who delivered Jesus Christ when Pilate was struggling hard to set Jesus free. How many of us have ever delivered Jesus Christ? Pilate is struggling hard to deliver Jesus to go. In fact, if the crowd had behaved differently, I tend to think Pilate with his wishy-washy attitude and his lack of spine may have made a better decision. But I said, Pilate is a sermon for another day. I don't even just want to get the temptation. I love preaching about it such that when I, when I mention the name five times, I am going to preach about it and I may change. But let me not get there. Let me read for you something about Pontius. Pilate. The Bible says, and what did Pilate say unto them? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 27, verses 20, But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The chief priests, the pastors, there are people you tell them this is what the Bible says. They say this is what my pastor told me. Crowds are misled by their chief priests and the leaders. That's what our pastor said. Don't quote your pastor, read the Bible. Because this chief priest convinced the multitude, the crowd was convinced by the chief priests. They were told, ask for Barabbas. And let me tell you, the chief priest of sin is today standing somewhere and telling young people, young people, ask for entertainment, destroy Jesus. The chief priest of sin is standing somewhere today and saying, against the backdrop of knowledge, ask for drugs. 
I wonder. You are medics. You study human anatomy. You know what happens to the human brain and even the liver when some of these substances go into the body. And yet, the chief priest of sin has convinced you, ask for alcohol and drugs. Destroy Jesus. The chief priest of sin is saying, ask for fornication. Destroy Jesus. The chief priest of sin is going to stand somewhere and say, ask for the things of this world. Destroy Jesus. And people are going to destroy Jesus because the chief priest of sin has told them, ask for Barabbas. So we've asked for everything. And the crowd is determined to destroy Jesus. Let me tell you. Do you know how many people believe that Jesus is powerful? Do you know how many? Very few. People right now believe that if you want to have power, just have money. And people are looking for money. The chief priest of sin has said, ask for money. Destroy Jesus. I say, let me tell you, God is not against riches. God would want us to be rich. After all, silver and gold belong to him. He can give you. Brother Max, talk about stewardship and tell them that God can only give you what he can trust you with. If God gives you five bob, just know he can trust you with five bob. Don't argue here that, oh... Why is it that we are all praying and yet the other person, the other person has a lot of money? God gives you what he can trust you with. If you are single, God gives you what he can trust you with. And let me tell you, the moment you convince God that God, now you can trust me with more than single, God gives you a boyfriend. The moment you can convince God, now you can trust me with more than just Academics, he gives you a job. Otherwise, some people will repeat constantly. Because if you cannot even be trusted with academics, what will you do with a job? If because of academics you are not coming to class, you are not coming to church, academics, what will you do when you have a job? If when you are in a relationship, dating, you don't even have time to pray, what will you do when you are married? If when you are walking on foot, you are not coming to church, what about when you have a vehicle? You'll be running away faster than you came to Jesus. <laughs> God gives you what he can entrust you with. People are demanding from... Oh, ask for Barabbas. Destroy Jesus. And it's sad. And the Bible says... The governor answered and said... You know, the governor asks the crowd, Whither of the twain will you that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. And then the governor, as if to persuade them, ask 
What shall I do then with Jesus, which is also called the Christ? They all cried, let him be crucified. Beloved, the question is still asked today. And let me tell you, I am asking you this question, you who is within the radius of my voice, even as I also ask myself the question, what shall I do with Christ? The crowd is good at shouting, crucify him. In fact, the rendition in Luke marks an interesting perspective. I love when Luke captures this story. And, and Luke just, doesn't just say that, the, you, you know, Luke is the, the doctor, you know. Doctors, medics, you know it very well. You're a bit more specific, not general. Like teachers who say that, oh, you know, you have the body, the head, the shoulder. Those are teachers of biology. You hear you're doing anatomy. Now, you, you don't just say, when you talk of the head, you can spend a whole semester just discussing a portion of the head. Imagine. So, Dr. Luke is specific. He didn't just say they all cried, crucify. No. This is what Luke said. The Bible says, in Luke chapter 23, verses 20, Pilate therefore, willing to release Jesus, spake unto them, but they cried, saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! And the Bible says, He said unto them the third time, Why? What evil hath he done? Beloved, why are we crucifying Jesus? What evil has Jesus done for you? Tell me. What evil has he done? Here you are, you hate Jesus like nothing else. What evil has Jesus done apart from creating you and coming to die for you? What evil has he done? Why are we crucifying him? Why are we joining the crowd in shouting, crucify him, crucify him? The crowd. The Bible says, what evil has he done? In verses 23 of Luke 23, it says, And they were instant with loud voices. When they were asked, what wrong has Jesus done? They increased their volume of demanding for the death of Jesus. They were instant with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them and the voices of the chief priests prevailed. Listen to this. Why is it that righteousness seems to be on the scaffold and sin seems to be on the throne? Because they have increased the voices. Ah, but preacher, where have they increased the voices? Go and check. Right now, they are talking filth on radio station. You are in a matatu, you don't even know what to do with your ears. Talking filth on radio stations. Talking filth everywhere. Filth is everywhere. Filth is everywhere. Why? They are increasing the volume. Because they want to crucify Jesus. How many matatus have you entered and you find them talking about Jesus? These matatus are crucifying him. Don't say I hate matatus. I don't. Those are modes of transport and we use them. 
But they are crucifying him. Why can't they in the Matatus put godly music so that we can listen to Jesus? Jesus, they are reducing the volume. When you get into the Matatu and it's, it's, it's a song about Jesus, the volume is very low. Go and hear this other music. The volume is up there. Loud voices. They increased the shouts. Even the chief priests themselves increased the sound. Crucify him. In fact, preacher, tell us about crucify him. Let me turn to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews chapter 6. Now listen to Hebrews chapter 6 saying in verses 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of the faith towards God. Of the doctrines of baptism and of the laying of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened... Yesterday we said he was once numbered with us. It is impossible for those who are once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted of the good word of the Lord and of the powers of the world to come if they shall fall again away, sorry, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing that they crucified to them the Son of God afresh and put him to open shame. We are putting Christ to open shame by some of the things we do. We crucify him afresh. I know you're saying, if I, and it's easy to say in a sermon, and you're saying, if I had lived in Jerusalem at the time of Christ, I would not have shouted, crucify him. It's easy to say. But look at your life. Could it be that you are shouting right now, crucify him? As though the preacher is asking for extra minutes, but that desire in you asking when the sermon is going to end, crucify him. You must be thinking, preacher, now you are too much. When are you about to stop? I am hoping even not to stop. But there is, there is somebody in their heart's desire. They are like, God, you are about to convince me. The way I am listening to this message, I am about to be convinced. But you are hardening your heart because you want to crucify him. Acts chapter 3. Reading from verses 13, it says, And denied him in the presence of Pontius Pilate, who was determined to set him free. They denied Jesus. How many of us have denied Jesus, either explicitly or implicitly? Denied him. The Bible says, in verses 14, But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. Listen to that. 
He says, you denied the Holy One. Beloved, the gospel of Jesus Christ has come to this campus through this week. But please, don't be part of the crowd that denies the Holy One and desires a murderer. There are things that are murdering people. Cigarette smoking is death by installment. They desired a murderer rather than Jesus Christ. When you're busy in some of those destructive lifestyles, those things are destroying your soul, but they desired a murderer. You even tell people what they need to eat. People are like, you ain't telling me nothing on what I should eat. They desire a murderer. They denied Jesus, but desired a murderer. In 5 verses 15 says, And they killed the prince of life, whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Beloved, we are witnesses that they killed Jesus Christ, whom God raised from the dead. We are witnesses. We have come here to witness that there is life in Jesus Christ. The crowd desired a murderer. But today, I tell us, beloved, let's not desire a murderer. Let's desire a savior. The Bible says, and his name, through faith in his name, he has made this man strong, whom you see now. Yeah, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Beloved, if you have been lame, Jesus can give you perfect soundness. Don't desire a murderer. Desire a savior. The crowd. Let me tell you something. And now, brethren, verse 17. I word that through ignorance you did it, as also did your rulers. But those things which God before had shown by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he has fulfilled. There are things you've done through ignorance. But let me tell you something. Today is the moment to repent. You've lived your life desiring a murderer and rejecting Jesus, crying crucify him, denying Jesus. Today, accept him as your Lord and Savior. There is chance, there is hope for you in heaven. We can be able to live a better life if we come to Jesus. Years I've spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my body and soul found liberty at Calvary. By 
Lord's word at last my sin I learn. Then I trembled at the Lord's span till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my body and soul found liberty at Calvary. Now I've given to Jesus everything. Now I gladly own him as my king. Now my raptured soul can only sing of Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my body and soul found liberty at Calvary. Drew salvation plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty God that God did span at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my body and soul found liberty at Calvary. Let me say one last word. As I close, let's rise up as you close with a word of prayer. <coughs> Brother Max, come, you'll close for us with a word of prayer. The crowd rejected the Savior. The crowd could marvel when God has done something. And let me tell you, marveling is not as a serious thing. The crowd can marvel. What counts you as being serious is accepting God when the crowd has rejected a Savior. Exodus 23 verses 2 says, Do not follow after a multitude to do wrong. Don't follow a multitude to do evil. Don't. The crowd is dangerous. May God bless you. As we pray, allow me to make this appeal. Is there somebody who has listened to the message of the hour from wherever you are? And you're saying, God, I hear you. God, I love you. God, I don't want to follow the crowd. I am making a decision against any odds. 
And God, I am giving my life specifically to you because I love you, because I trust in you. That is why I am giving myself to you. If there is such a person who is saying, Lord, I've heard you speak to me. And hearing you speak to me in this hour, I want to dedicate my life to you. Somebody wants to give their life to Jesus, put up your hand. I want to pray with you. Somebody is saying, I just want to give my life to Jesus. I have heard you and God, you've spoken to me in a special way today. And I have heard you and I just want to give my life to you as my personal savior. There are people who are going to sacrifice you, Lord, and they're going to desire the mother of Barabbas. But God, I have decided it's you for my life, not the crowd. If there's such a person, just put up your hand. This is a serious commitment we are making. This is not a general appeal. Allow me to remind you it's not a general appeal. It's a specific appeal of somebody in their hearts. They feel touched by the message and the word of God. And they're saying, Lord, accept me. Brother Max, join us in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your goodness and your tender mercies. Indeed, we have heard your word and we have heard your voice of mercy. That mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. We pray, dear God, in a special way this evening, the same way you've spoken to us, may you now come down mightily and transform the lives of your children. We pray for your spirit, dear God, that has visited with us and attended this meeting. We pray that that spirit will touch our hearts. That when we leave this place, we live knowing without a doubt, we have been revived by Jesus. Amen. May the spirit of the Lord come down. May your power abide with us, and God, may all the time when we have chosen Barabbas instead of choosing Jesus, may you forgive us, and may you teach us to love you, and to choose you in this present world. We pray, dear God, in a very special sense for those who put up their heart, saying they are forsaking the ranks of the enemy, and they are picking the side of Jesus. May your angels that excel in strength keep watch over your children. May you watch their going out and their coming in. Mm. And Father, it is our prayer that the God of Abraham, the same God that this evening has revealed himself mightily, may also reveal himself to them in their lives. Mm. That they may say that the God of Abraham has been on our side. May this power, may this your presence, Accompany us every passing day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you all and the Lord keep you safe. Madam Lango Azi Rafiki Kazamwendo. Song number.
number 110 choristers as we finish Wow. 